Chapter Two of The Rover Boys on Land and Sea by Arthur M. Winfield. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Gerard. Chapter Two: The Turning Up of Dan Baxter. The boys were very curious concerning their old enemy, and on going below, took a walk around several squares in the vicinity in the hope of meeting the individual who had attracted Dick's attention but the search proved unsuccessful and they returned to the hotel and went to dinner with a larger appetite than ever it would be queer if we met dan baxter out here said tom while they were eating he seems to get on our heels no matter where we go if he came to san francisco first he'll think we have been following him up said sam he must have come here before we did said dick our arrival dates back but three hours and he grinned the meal over the boys took it easy for a couple of hours and then prepared to go out and visit half a dozen points of interest and also purchase tickets for a performance at one of the leading theatres in the evening as they crossed the lobby of the hotel they almost ran into a big burly young fellow who was coming in the opposite direction dan baxter ejaculated dick then i was right after all the burly young fellow stared first at dick and then the others in blank amazement he carried a dress suit case and this dropped from his hand to the floor what where did you come from he stammered at last i guess we can ask the same question said tom coldly been following me have you sneered dan baxter making an effort to recover his self-possession no we haven't been following you said sam supposing you tell us how it happens that you are here suppose you tell us came from dick that is my business our business is our own too dan baxter you followed me growled the big bully his face darkening i know you and don't you forget it why should we follow you said tom we got the best of you over that treasure in the Adirondacks. Oh, you needn't blow. Remember the old saying, he laughs best who laughs last. I ain't done with you yet, not by a long shot. Well, let me warn you to keep your distance, said Dick sternly. If you don't, you'll regret it. We have been very easy with you in the past, but if you go too far, I, for one, will be putting you where your father is in prison and i say the same said tom ditto here came from sam at these words a look of bitter hatred crossed dan baxter's face he clenched his fists and breathed hard you can brag when you are three to one he cried fiercely but wait that's all my father would be a free man if it wasn't for you wait and see what i do and so speaking he caught up his dress suit case swung around on his heel and left the hotel before anybody could stop him he's the same old baxter said tom with a long sigh always going to square up i think he is more vindictive than he used to be observed sam when dick spoke about his father being in prison he looked as if he would like to strangle the lot of us well i admit it would be rough on any ordinary boy to mention the fact that his father was in prison said dick but we all know 
and dan baxter himself knows that one is about as wicked as the other the only thing that makes arnold baxter's case worse is that he is old enough to know better so is dan old enough to know better was tom's comment i believe he was coming here to get accommodations said dick if he was that would tend to prove that he had just arrived in san francisco dick true but he may have been in this vicinity perhaps in oakland alameda or some other nearby town what do you suppose could have brought him here that's a conundrum maybe he thought the east was getting too hot to hold him i wish we knew where he was going let us see if we can follow him up but to follow dan baxter up was out of the question as they speedily discovered when they stepped out on the sidewalk people were hurrying in all directions and the bully had been completely swallowed up in the crowd we must watch out said dick now he knows we are here he will try to do us harm mark my words the wall that afternoon proved full of interest and in the evening they went to see a performance of a light opera at the columbia theatre the performance gave them a good deal of pleasure quarter past eleven exclaimed dick when they were coming away that's the time we got our money's worth i thought it must be late said tom i was getting hungry let us get a bite of something before we go back to the hotel the others were willing and they entered a nearby restaurant and seated themselves at one of the tables as they did this a person who had been following them stopped at the door to peer in after them the person was dan baxter they are going to dine before retiring he muttered to himself the old nick take the luck they have all the good times while i have only the bad dan baxter had followed the boys from the hotel to the theater and had also waited around for them to come out he wanted to square up with them but had no definite plan of action and was trusting to luck for something to turn up in his favor he had drifted to the west for a double reason the one was as the boys had surmised because the east seemed to be getting too hot to hold him his second reason was that he hoped to get passage on some vessel bound for sydney australia he had a distant relative in australia and thought that if he could only see that relative personally he might be able to get some money he was nearly out of funds and so far the relative although rich had refused to send any money by mail or express they have everything they want while i have nothing he went on savagely and they don't deserve it either oh how i wish i could wring their necks for em suddenly an idea struck him and without waiting for the boys to come out of the restaurant he hopped on board of a street car running in the direction of the oakland house entering the hotel office he asked to look at the register room three twenty four he said to himself that is on the third floor i suppose since they generally start a new hundred for every floor wonder if i can get up without being noticed he watched his chance and slipping past the bellboys made his way up the stairs which on account of the elevators were but little used in a few minutes he was in front of the door to room three twenty four he tried it cautiously to find it locked now if only the keys will work he muttered breathing hard and taking a bunch of keys from his pocket he tried them one after another 
he had tried four keys without success when he saw a waiter approaching with a trayful of good things for a late supper in a nearby apartment at once he moved away down the hallway and did not return until the servant had disappeared from view he had five other keys and the third fitted the lock although rather crudely so crudely in fact that once the lock bolt was turned the key could not be withdrawn that's bad he thought but as it cannot be helped i'll have to make the best of it i mustn't stay here too long and going into the room he closed the door after him there was a faint light burning at one of the gas jets and this he turned up and pulled down the shades of the windows then he gazed swiftly around the large room noting the boys trunks and travelling bags and several articles of wearing apparel scattered about oh if only i can find what i am after he muttered but more than likely they carry their money with them or else they left it at the hotel office all of the trunks and travelling bags were locked and to force the trunks open seemed at first impossible one of the travelling bags was split open with a sharp pocket-knife the bully carried and the contents emptied on one of the beds not much that i want muttered dan baxter as he gazed at the collection then a jewel case caught his eye and he opened it a diamond stud and a diamond scarf pin not so bad after all and he transferred the jewelry to his pocket a second later he came upon a bunch of keys they proved to belong to the trunks and bags and soon he had the trunks open and the contents scattered in all directions then he went down on his knees examining everything brought to light it must be confessed that he was in a fever of excitement the rover boys might return at any moment and he knew full well that to be caught would mean a term in prison he kept his ears on the alert while his heart thumped loudly within his bosom a pocket-book at last he cried softly and snatched it up one look showed him a small pile of five and ten dollar bills exactly two hundred and seventy five dollars in all then he found another jewel case and from it extracted a second diamond stud and a pair of very fine cuff buttons that is all i guess i can get he muttered as he stood up but i might as well take a new outfit while i am at it he added and picked up several articles of wearing apparel these he stuffed in one of the bags which had not been cut and around it put a small strap tiptoeing his way to the door he opened it and listened nobody was within hearing or sight but as he stepped out the waiter he had before seen came once more into view this time carrying a tray with some bottles and a box of cigars the waiter eyed him curiously again but said nothing too bad he saw me but it can't be helped thought dan baxter and made his way downstairs with all possible speed once in the lower hall he lost no time in gaining the street in another moment he was swallowed up in the darkness of the night End of chapter two